Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. So happy Valentine's, everyone. This is our last episode of the season. This is episode 13. Um, And we are going to be looking at where we've been in the the podcast and through the lens of love because it is Valentine's Day. And of course, what we're thinking is um, a more abstract concept of love and, um, you know, as a force rather than looking at like romantic love or platonic love or just looking at love in general. Erin, do you have anything to add about kind of the love lens that we'll be looking through uh, today? I think just that we will be looking at our previous episodes and considering how that force of love has shown up in them uh, to kind of have weave a through line through everything to wrap up this first season of our podcast. And I think it makes a lot of sense as we're wrapping up uh, first season that the theme would be love um, as, you know, this is a labor of our love and um, our work together. So uh, I'm excited to see where this takes us as we talk about our episodes in relationship to love. So, Sean, do you have uh, a favorite episode that sticks out to you from our podcast series that particularly relates to the concept of love. One thing that really sticks out to me is our episode on authenticity. And I also think about curiosity as well. But let me just take authenticity because I don't want to take too many episodes away because you like to talk about things as well. Authenticity to me is a reflection of love because when you're looking at being authentic, whether it's showing up authentically or having an authentic conversation. It has to do with sincerity. It also has to do with being aware of your, I'm kind of grappling with this, but the true self, which what is that anyway? (laughs) Um, But I guess what I would say is your true self is you stripped of all of those societal norms, uh, your identity as the different relationships, social relationships that you have, familial relationships that you have. When all of those things are stripped away, that's how I kind of see the true self. It's, it's your essence, what you were born with before you were brought into a culture, culture of your family, culture of your country, culture of your school, et cetera, et cetera. And it's that part of you that remains, what, what, what am I trying to say? Whole. And it's, it's not, it doesn't really change. It's like that part of you that's, for lack of a better word, it's your essence. So when I think about authenticity and I think about our true selves and I think that we are beings of love, that, that that's where our true selves resonate if that makes any sense. That's why authenticity really sticks out for me in terms of this lens of love, because to me, being authentic is coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place without fear. And to me, the opposite of love is fear. And so when I think of authenticity, I think that you do have to have a appreciation and a a love of yourself and also other people uh, to be authentic and to 
come from a space of authenticity. Erin, do you have anything to add about that? Yeah. As you were talking about the being and it's just that whole essence of oneself, it reminded me of that concept of just breaking open that we talked about, you know, when sometimes in grief, your heart breaks open. And I think it's essentially broken open in the beginning without these other influences. Uh, So I'm just starting to make this connection to that concept of this open hearted brokenness or yeah, to uh, the early forms of our being, which is uh, an interesting um, space because it allows us to expand in our authenticity. Then it allows us to um, grow into um, our whole selves from this perspective of a love influenced being. Um, and so I, that's where I started to think based off of like a previous podcast in terms of, you know, authenticity and love. And I also started to come up with something completely kind of different in my mind and and start to get more curious about this concept of authenticity and love and, and where, you know, heartbreak happens or where, um, you know, the difficult parts of love show up and how authenticity can be a, a key piece to mending those pieces in ourselves and, and between others. Um, and authenticity done from a space of love, like you said, not fear, but a, 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 the ability to engage in uh, conflict or uh, difficult conversations with that open-heartedness. And so I kind of, I'm going in different places right now in my mind between those concepts, Uh, but that's where I was headed uh, in my thinking. Uh, And so processing that out loud, LaShawn, did anything else come up for you with the authenticity episode? Well, I love that you mentioned the broken open because that makes me think of the layers of armor that we develop as we interact with our world and we get certain reactions from people that could be unpleasant. And so we kind of build up this armor or maybe this casing. And so when you talk about broken open, I think about our true self being barricaded with this very thick, rigid uh, barrier. And so when you talk about broken open, I imagine like, you know, like an egg opening, or I imagine a wall splitting open. And one of the things that really came to mind when you were mentioning about broken open and authenticity, I, and again, going back to love, I believe that we need to be in a place of love where we feel safe, And we feel like the people around us are loving and accepting. And so that was something that came up for me about love and how important it is to have like a safe space and have a loving space, which then brings me to our entire podcast, which is Coaching as Benevolence. So I think that we um, coach from a place of love and our podcast is definitely a space where love is honored and appreciated and we come from a place of love that's what came up for me when you were talking about broken open and how it's related to authenticity i really like the image of being broken open and having that sense of love and also acceptance uh, comfort safety 
Um, that kind of thing is what's come up for me when, when you were talking about that. So Erin, what is your favorite episode or an episode that comes to mind? It can be related to authenticity or it could be something else. I know you did bring up the broken open part, which was well, one of our first like episodes, bring- I think. <laughs> yeah, so just bringing up that safety concept and you said love, acceptance, and safety. And automatically I thought of the episode four of good enough and getting better. Uh, being vulnerable in our, you know, true selves. And you mentioned true self already in this podcast and, and being okay with wherever we're at. And there's a sense of safety and acceptance and love that we hold when we're in that space of, you know, being um, content with good enough and, and also having maybe continued goals or other things that we might be striving for or not um just being who we are right is good enough um it reminds me of a shirt my sis my daughter uh, found the other day at target was something just like progress over perfection and it really spoke to her as a gymnast uh, and so i thought that was an interesting phrase to be you know putting out there for young girls to recognize that you know we can love ourselves wherever we're at and we can still be working towards something too. Uh, And that's where the coaching comes in. Uh, In my personal life, like I tend to be someone who likes to be working toward things and having goals that I have some movement toward and be okay with also not meeting those and completely, you know, switching and, but still having a purpose, I think. And, And I think purpose, that word, ties so much to love and it ties a lot to that episode four on you know good enough and getting better and purpose can be can show up for anybody in the form of love in many different ways whether that's in hobbies in volunteer activities and family or friend relationships in career you know in their love of art or music uh so there's so many different ways that that word um shows up and I really like thinking about how we can equate love and purpose together, too. So, uh, LaShawn, do you have other thoughts on good enough and getting better? Or is there another episode that's really speaking to you right now? Well, funny enough, and I don't exactly know where the connection is, but when you were talking about good enough and getting better and then the um, shirt that your daughter had, um, I was thinking about our episode on interdependence when you were talking about um, good enough and getting better, which is, I think, related to that because there is a, uh, I guess, a certain need to be willing to ask for help when you need it, that kind of thing. Because I think that there is a need to ask for help when you need it. So that's one of the things that came up for me. And I can't really pinpoint why it came up, but it did come up for me when you were talking about good enough and getting better. And I do think that where the good enough and getting better ties in with with love, as, as you were saying before, is the love of self and also acceptance of where you are and and appreciating where you are. I think that's also really important. And I think appreciation is a, a space of love that comes from love. Uh, appreciation of where you are, appreciation for what's to come, what's becoming, because good enough, getting better, that implies 
a process. It implies becoming. So those are the things that came up for me when I was listening to you talk about getting good enough and getting better. Anything else you'd like to add about that episode? I like how you tied um, the interdependence piece into that because one thing that stuck out stood out for me as you were talking about the concept of interdependence was that really the one aspect of good enough is having and accepting support around oneself or seeking support uh, when needed and providing support to others when needed. So I just like where you were going with that. And then uh, the word appreciation that you thoughtfully wove in there. I am starting to kind of make a list in my brain of some kind of keywords that are coming up that might be nuancing what love really is that is just coming up from our conversation right now. It's not the title of these previous podcasts, but so far it's, you know, there's purpose and appreciation uh, that are kind of sticking out in my mind, which um, I know there's a lot more than that to love, but it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, So that's, yeah, where I'm at. And then thinking about um, another podcast that we went through, I think I want to go back uh, to gratitude because it is sometimes linked with that appreciation concept. Uh, so the, the natural kind of segue from appreciation to gratitude. And I bring this question up for various groups that I have ran and that I'm currently running right now on grief and just try to better understand and help others better understand where gratitude makes sense in grief and loss and, and where it doesn't. And um, it's really interesting some of the answers that people talk about or start to speak to. And um, there is this theme of of appreciation. Uh, and, you know, there's the concept of appreciation of beauty, but there's also the concept of appreciation of what is, what was, what's to come, you know, who we are, who one person, who one person is. Uh, so I think that's been coming up more recently too in some of the work that I've been doing. Um and on Valentine's Day, you know, one of the traditions at least I've noticed with, you know, some of my kids and then even growing up, you know, expressing gratitude as part of Valentine's Day. Um, whether that's to one's, you know, teacher or family member, friend, that sort of thing. And I think with love, gratitude is so much a part of a love relationship. So expressing that and having the opportunity to express that on Valentine's Day is nice. And it's just as nice to to do that consistently. Um, And also keeping in mind, not with this sense of false positivity or the sense of forced gratitude, because we know that can be unhealthy as well, but also just recognizing and, and holding that space for gratitude. And I do know that I mentioned in the podcast on gratitude that uh, I tried a daily gratitude practice and it didn't work for me. And then after I reviewed that podcast, I was thinking a little bit more about why it didn't work for me. And I think it's, uh, I tend to like the meditations every week or whatever on gratitude, but something that's daily for me just isn't fitting into my lifestyle all the time and and not 
you know, working. So just having the chance to sit back and think about if you're, you know, listening um, about how gratitude showing up in your life and how it's working and not working for you and what you can shift. So kind of went on a few different points there on gratitude. Uh, but here we are, LaShawn with gratitude. What stands out to you on that subject and love? Well, I'm right there with you with appreciation and gratitude. They go hand in hand. I was thinking gratitude exactly when you had mentioned gratitude. And I like that you brought up the the point about forced positivity or forced gratitude. And that brings me to a thought of, again, love, because love is not forced, right? There's, what is there? There's a um, Khalil Gibran poem about love. Probably love is not forced or love is something. So um, love flows easily. And so when there is, when one is open to love, because love is always there, it's just a matter of being open to it. Again, that comes back to the broken open. Um, Being open to love and receiving love, there, at least in my experience, love, there's no resistance in love. And so that was one of the things that came up to me about forced positivity or forced gratitude. We definitely don't want to force anything because then that comes not from a place of love. And another thing that you were talking about is the, I don't know, maybe the many uh, aspects of love or what is love. And I think that as you were saying, purpose, appreciation, and I think it's that light flowing feeling of well-being. And I think that's also part of love. That's what's coming up for me with your discussion around our episode on gratitude. And also what resonated for me was what you said about grief, appreciating what was, appreciating what is, appreciating what is to become. I think that's also something that we could spend some time on, which then brings me to our episode on micro moments. I think it was micro moments. That was episode six, giving ourselves a little bit of time, maybe not each day, but gradually working that into a routine of noticing our lives through the lens of love. What would that do? How would that change things? And if we're already doing that, how will that expand or deepen or enrich our experience. So those are the things that were coming up for me when you were talking about gratitude, you talking about appreciation and grief. And that just brings us back to the whole broken open and open to uh, receiving. So there's a lot of, there's definitely that like the through line of purpose, appreciation. And also, I think there is also a through line of flow as well. Oh my gosh. You just said flow <laughs> and I literally was writing down flow. <laughs> we are on the same wavelength. <laughs> <that we are. laughs> yeah. So uh, what more can you say about that? As you were writing down flow, like what was, uh, what was coming up for you? Well, actually I was writing it down because I also was thinking when I, that, to think about flow as a placeholder, because I also was thinking about something else about micro moments and just thinking about the significance of those in one's day to day in relationship to others. Again, not forced, but how one shows love through micro moments. And maybe that's for their own well being and self. Maybe it's also toward other people. Um, but 
I think I had originally contextualized in my mind micro moments to be a little bit more actions that help me get toward a specific goal or something. But now going back to this word of flow, right? These are moments that can flow out of you. These are micro moments that can, you know, come out of you to show love um, or express yourself. And that I think is an interesting concept that I would like to implement more too in my day to day of, you know, I have these opportunities and maybe in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's really beautiful. Or, oh, I feel really good about the, this person. Or I really enjoyed what they were talking about here. Expressing that um, as a form of even just a micro moment of love flowing out of you, not just gratitude. Uh, so that's where I was going with the word flow, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. And what was coming up for you, LaShawn? Well, I um, when I think about love and I think about well-being, I often think about or I envision like a stream or river flowing um, or it, it could be light as well because light has that continuous stream or beam. And when I think about being um, receiving love, being open to love because love is always there, it's almost like energy, right? So energy cannot be created nor destroyed, can only be converted. And so I think of, I know nothing about uh, electric currents and that kind of thing, but I think of like, you know, when you have like a valve or something and you cut off electricity or you let it in, but it's always there. When I think of flow, I think it's the opening up to the stream of well-being that we all exist in all the time. And if we cut out through our thoughts through our actions, through whatever, we can cut out that stream. We can, we can be like a dam in the stream. And it's still there. The water's still there building pressure. <laughs> but, um, and if we let it out, release the hold on it, or we are open to the flow as is one of the things that I'm thinking about. When I think about it, I'm thinking about the nature of love when I'm thinking about flow. And and when I'm thinking about well-being, I I I strongly believe that well-being, love, those intangible powerful forces that influence our lives are there. We just need to be open to them. When I think of flow, I think of opening ourselves up to it and letting it in because I, I do think it's a lot has to do with reception and also perception and there is a feedback loop it's not just one way it's going both ways so I think if you can open yourself up to love and to well-being you can also share that with your loved ones and even mirror for your loved ones what that looks like to be open to love and to be open to well-being because they sense a calm or a peace that you have and you can also give that to them as well through your demeanor, the way that you talk to them, the way that you treat them. That's what was coming up for me when I was, was listening to you and about flow. I think about the nature of love and the nature of these things like gratitude, purpose, and um, these things, like you were saying, it shouldn't be forced positivity or for forced gratitude or forced purpose for that matter. Like forcing yourself to like have a purpose, you know, <laughs> you have to have a purpose. <laughs> what is your purpose? 
you get really like for me, I get really stressed out and that does not help. I draw a blank. Like what is my purpose? And then I get really depressed and (laughs) get really closed off. So I think that that kind of goes to the nature of these concepts that we are talking about. Flow, I think, is the through through line or the commonality that each of these concepts have. That's what's come up for me. How about you, Erin? I like that. And I like the imagery you provoked with or evoked uh, with, with the stream and the light. And I thought as you were talking, it reminded me of flow as a, as a self-care strategy. And not that everything has to be strategies, but it was just like, oh, this concept of uh, letting things in in that way is is a simple way for my mind to frame, you know, self-care around this concept. Uh, I know we've been talking kind of at the how love's been go or how love relates to all of our podcast episodes so far. I think one piece that I am still curious about, maybe this goes to our curiosity episode is I don't know if we want to get into unrequited love or if we want to get into the challenges of love. Uh, but I think, you know, regardless, even with those challenges, curiosity is key to you know that well-being with love and and thinking about uh, how one feels love relates to love thinks about love defines love and even just starting there with those thoughts about love with somebody else um can probably give one another a very some clarity around you know how they are receiving love or not uh so I don't know. Love is a challenging thing. It's a difficult thing because if I think of love, I think of it as over time. Um, I also think of those micro moments with love that might be just an appreciation of beauty or something that, you know, exists and then it doesn't. Uh, but thinking about a long time partner relationship or um, even a long time friend relationship, there's that is always going to be met with challenge and without addressing challenge and engaging in the conflict or the difficult parts of the relationship, one kind of closes themselves out of that flow, right? Just because love is flowing doesn't mean that it's going to always feel easy or that it's always going to feel, um, or it's not going to be in conflict. So I'm starting to wonder that maybe our uh, curiosity episode, that podcast could be a good one for framing a little bit more about the challenges of love. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think curiosity is the antidote to stress around that. If we can get curious about something that is causing conflict or resistance, disappointment, if we can get curious about that instead of judgmental, which we have talked about, the antidote to judge judging is curiosity. And I really love that you bring up unrequited love or the difficulties with love and relationships. Taking a curious stance in any conflict or any issue that arises in a relationship, in my experience, results in a feeling of love. 
Because when you're curious about something, you're really, you're like a child who's discovering something. You want to know, but not in like, I want to know, I got to know. But it's more like, oh, I wonder what this is. You know, like, wow, what's this? What's this? Or why is this? And so it allows for you to be more open to possibilities, to not be right, but just be curious about what's going on. I think that when we focus on in conflict or in difficulties in love, challenges in love, whether it's platonic or romantic, if we focus on who is right, and that's where judgment comes in, we often, there's a winner or a loser. There's imbalance. But when we focus on curiosity, like what's going on here, and we're not pointing fingers, and we're not judging, we're just really curious as to what's going on, or curious as to how we can show love more, or curious as to how we can help the person feel better, or whatever, um, then I think that really is a conduit to love. Um, What do you think, Erin? Yeah, I have mixed feelings on the concept of curiosity, like in its purity, being the only piece to conflict and love. Um, I think it's a, I think it makes, and, and you didn't say it's the only piece, but I am thinking here, like, okay, are there healthy conflicts that don't stem out of curiosity that bring light to things that need to be talked about or something? And then in that conversation, it's all about curiosity. So yes, I guess asking the question is curiosity in itself, like when you are in a state of conflict uh, with a friend or a partner or whomever. Um, but I'm also curious, like, does it always start with curiosity or does there need to be a little bit of sassiness, for lack of better words, back and forth uh, to then grow into curiosity? Uh, so yeah, I, I'm. And I know all relationships are different and people um, express, you know, love and conflict, you know, differently. And and so it's not this formulaic approach exactly. Uh, But it is something that I've been thinking about in terms of with love and conflict that shows up in relationships all the time. It's part of relationships. Uh, I guess the, the issue would be then is if you're not engaging in the conflict, but you're not opting for curiosity, then you're just apathetic. And so (laughs) it's kind of like, well, uh, where, where to go from there. Right. And recognizing that curiosity is likely the ideal, uh, but it also is a a challenge in relationships. So uh, yeah, that's where my mind went with, with that. Well, I like that you added that because I, I would say that perhaps curiosity would be the, um, would be a response as opposed to a reaction to a conflict because often conflict arises because boundaries have been crossed and boundaries are invisible. And until you cross someone's boundary or kind of get to someone's boundary, you don't know if that, that is a boundary because my boundaries are not your boundaries. And what might be perfectly okay for me may not be okay for you. And then I might do something that's okay for me and then find out, wait, it's not okay for you. And I think the reaction to having a boundary uh, crossed, I guess, or a boundary 
intercepted or whatever, I don't know, um, encountered when you encounter a, a boundary, <laughs> <laughs> looking for words, is that initial, whoa, okay, that's not going to work for me kind of thing where it's like a reaction. So I would say, and I agree with you, I don't think that it's the be all and end all of you relating to conflict. I do think it's a useful tool in our toolbox that we can turn to when we are exploring uh, conflict or when we're exploring things that may or may not work out for the other or ourselves. And I think there needs to be kind of an agreement in a relationship where when conflict arises, because conflict is actually, as you were saying, can be healthy. It's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. Conflict is a really good way to strengthen bonds, expand bonds, deepen bonds. Conflict can be a really great opportunity to learn more about the other person, to learn more about where this relationship is going. And like you said, it really spices things up too, because otherwise it just can be really apathetic and kind of just kind of going through the motions. But when a conflict arises, it's like a wake up call. Whoa, you know, you can get really familiar or comfortable with someone over a long term, uh, whether it's a relationship with a friend or a significant other. It's easy to kind of take for granted that the other person is going to be a certain way. And it's easy to for to forget that we are constantly changing and we're we're learning and growing and things that were a certain way to years ago or you know last week may not be the case now and so it's usually like a conflict that's like oh wait you you don't like that anymore or that's not something that you're really into now or that has changed that especially happens with my children <laughs> they're always <laughs> changing it's like oh i thought you liked trains now you like this okay you know, so, um, oh, that, that song that you were playing forever over and over again last week is no longer a song you're interested in. Now you're <laughs> on to the next song. So it's, it's, you know, uh, um, I do, I do agree with you. I think that it's not the be all and end all. However, it is a useful tool, uh, to use when you're faced with conflict rather than going at who's right, who's wrong. Um, or what's right, what's wrong, and just being curious, and then maybe choosing what's best for us now that we've been really curious and explored all the options here, all the factors here. So I do think it's part of it, but it's not all of it. Yeah, I love what you said about boundaries and in, in the curiosity piece too, and how we're constantly changing, and so things are gonna continuously look different between uh our relationships and, and and who we are too. And so, you know, engaging that curiosity allows us to, to be more open to the possibility of those changes. Um, while also recognizing the the conflict is sometimes necessary. Uh and it, we I think we have two podcasts really left to talk about uh, being in the new year and turning the page. Uh so I think the natural segue for me is more on the uh, being in the new year and then just thinking about how the concept of love just flowing out of oneself is a state of being. And that is such a powerful 
place to live from, a powerful place to feel from. And that, you know, can be fostered by nature or meditation or uh, relationships. There are all these different things that bring love and, and health into your life in, in that way. Uh, so I don't even remember on that podcast episode if we brought love into the picture of being. Do you remember <laughs> if we talked about it? Because if not, it makes so much sense now that it's such a part of it. I think we may have touched on like self-love and acceptance and that kind of thing. I believe that we did touch on that, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like we did touch on self-love and acceptance in that being in the new year, just in, in the, in the uh, episode. Maybe. Our listeners can go back and <laughs> listen to Not that there. episode <laughs> and share it with your friends and family. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I will say uh, I've had to do more, had to do more being. That's an interesting phrase, do and being in that way uh, since I've had this injury and have sat at home a bit more with, with it. And it's almost like I'm relearning part of who I am which is fascinating because I thought that I was already holding space in this way, uh, but I really haven't been. And it gets really hard in the, you know, grind of life, right? With work, children, et cetera. And this is a nice reset. I feel gratitude, going back to gratitude uh, for for me to have a space of of being. And it's been I think really healthy on not only my own, you know, self-love and self-care, but also on my loving relationships with other people, with my partner, with my kids, and almost has led to a bit of a reprioritization of, you know, my, I would say my values probably would be the best word there. So, yes, having the opportunity to just be and go on light walks and um, like it's it's really nice and it would have never happened without this injury. So I have love flowing through me in that way, too, that um, I can appreciate this and, and what it's given me. Um, not to say that I also had moments of anger and a lot of other frustrations, but uh, I have this level of appreciation in the, in relationship to being. So LaShawn, anything else you want to add on the topic of being? Um, I don't really have anything really to add to that, but I would kind of segue into the turning a new page because I think that as you were talking about your new experience and how you've become aware of the fact that maybe you haven't held space as much uh, to just being, uh, and how that has um, led to you reprioritizing uh, the way that you spend time with your family and and the way that you are in in the day to day, and that really is a great segue into turning a new page, which I think is a great segue into our coaching nuggets as we are close to the end of our time. Uh, so. I would say that as you go through your day on this Valentine's Day where people are giving gifts and, and um, expressing appreciation, 
and love. Where do you see love showing up in your life? And what does it feel like? How does love appear in your life? Is it like we've said, a flow? Is it a warm feeling? What is love and how is it showing up in your life? How about you, Erin? Any any thoughts for Coaching Nugget? Yeah, I would agree and, and would like to see what you just said, LaShawn, uh, in my own life as well. And then additionally, adding in maybe what does that feel like for you when that love is flowing versus what LaShawn had talked about, the dams of the flow where it's being kind of <laughs> cut off for you. Uh, what does that feel like for you? Uh, and start to just recognize those small moments of where you are noticing that flow and and how that's working for you. I will say one other summary here at the end. I just tried to keep track of some of the words that we talked about thinking about love. I I didn't think about it. Um, It it just came to me kind of as we were talking. It's like, oh, LaShawn said all of these amazing things and I (laughs) need to capture those somehow. But um, anyway, there's conflict and boundaries and there's well-being and there's purpose and there's appreciation and so much more uh in relationship to uh love and so it's a it's a complex topic uh and the complexity of it really alludes to the richness of what love brings into people's lives well said Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.